This is episode four of What the Comics. Um, I'm your host, Troy, again. I'm here with Steve the Oracle. Say hello, Steve. Hello. <laughs> hello. And I'm here with the vocabulary kid, Max. Say hello, mate. <laughs> hello, guys. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about books that became films. Uh, there's quite a lot of them. Some of them you may not have known about. Some of them you do. Uh, you've probably read or watched them, most likely watched most of them. Um, today we're going to give you our top five picks of books that became films. Not necessarily just novels, comic books as well, any kind of book really, that ended up being a film. Yeah, so to kick us off, Max is going to give us his rundown, his top five picks. Uh, so my, I only have one pick and it's, uh, Lion King is actually based on Kimba the White Lion. Disney ripped off, uh, Japan. Uh, so there, we're done. That's it. It's always, yeah, it's always a short <laughs> one with you, isn't it? <laughs> I was waiting for like Godzilla, no. the novel. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was the, that, that was the anime cool. or something, wasn't it? The, yeah. The, just a one-to-one ripoff of a, like, Yeah. I remember hearing about yeah, that. Yeah, some of the shots are just dead on exactly the same. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right, so <clears throat> my first one is a movie called Predestination. Um, it is uh, very uh, strange. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's it stars Ethan Hawke, and it was directed by uh, the Spearig Brothers. They directed Daybreakers, if either of you two have ever seen that. Nope. Uh, it's like a vampire movie with... Um, Sam Neill in it. It's really, really good. But um, oh anyway, so no, yeah, this, they 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 farmed yeah. them, and William Defoe was in it. Yes, exactly. Great movie. Um, and so yeah, so this predestination is directed by by those guys, um, and it's based on a short story by a sci-fi writer, one of the greatest sci-fi writers of all time, called Robert A. Heinlein. Um, the story is originally called All You Zombies, um, and it was first published in I think fantasy and science fiction, and I read it in a collection of Robert A. Heinlein short stories called Six by H, which just means six by Heinlein. It's just six, six of his short stories. Um, but it's basically, so I don't want to give it away because I really, really love recommending this movie to people. Um, it is uh, speculative fiction on time travel and it deals with the grandfather paradox and it deals with being your own grandfather as well. Uh, it's very, very, very interesting. It's absurd, but it's also quite grounded. Um, so Predestination is my first pick. I love the story and I love the movie. Literally being your own grandfather. Literally being your own grandfather, yeah. yeah. How, how does that <laughs> See, work? What is, it with, what, is it, what is it with Heinlein? I mean, because the other work that I know him for is, what is it, um, uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. Yes. Where by about the midpoint of the book, it becomes a sex cult. <laughs> yeah, I know he's a lunatic. He was he was so good because obviously obviously he did Starship Troopers as well, which yeah. another great adaptation. That's um, great. That's a great. And movie. he did yeah, he did Moon is a Harsh Mistress. He did uh, Door into Summer. He did some phenomenal books. But yeah, yeah, that um, Stranger in a Strange Land is is great. How, how bad is the <laughs> time got... the time travel in it? Is it as bad as Back to the Future? Uh, in Predestination, <laughs> yeah. It is one of, I'd say, three movies that have ever got time travel down to a T, and <laughs> and almost and almost uh, like uh, void of holes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So many, really so cool. many films try it and sort of contradict everything, don't they? And just kind of fuck yeah. it up, or like left, right, and center. Yeah. 
just as a little side note as well, yeah. the other two uh, time travel movies that I would recommend are Primer and Time Crimes. What about Time Cop? Oh yeah, well yeah, scrap, I mean, sc- scrap all those other three and just watch Time Cop. Just watch Time Cop. It explains everything you need to know, which is basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Predestination is my first one. I recommend the short story if you can get a hold of it. It's quite hard to get a hold of. You can probably read it online. Um, and then also the movie, which is really quite easy to watch. I'm pretty sure it was on Netflix at one point. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, Arrival, which I'm sure everyone's heard of. Um, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who directed Blade Runner 2049, he directed uh, Prisoners, he directed Sicario, he directed, uh, he's about to direct, or he's directed Dune. Uh, He's a phenomenal French-Canadian director. His French language movies that he did before all this uh, are fantastic as well, so I'd recommend all them. I think it's like Incendies and another one. Anyway, um, so Denis Villeneuve directed Arrival, um, which is actually based on a short story by a uh, speculative fiction writer called Ted Chang. Um, It was first collected in, uh, well, it's most widely collected in a collection of short stories called Stories of Your Life and Others. I am looking at two different copies of it right now um, because I'm an idiot and I forget that I already own a book and then I buy it again. (laughs) So, um, uh, but that surprises me. So the original shorts, (laughs) why? Well, because you, because you love your book so much that you've read them. So I think you'd remember, wouldn't you? Honestly, I just buy so many. Maybe and I just it. forget. So I've got, I've literally, I'm looking at two copies of it right now. And I just, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so based on a short story by an author called Ted Chang. Um, and it's uh, a story about the futility of an attempt at contacting uh, an, an intelligent species. Um, once again, everyone probably knows about Arrival. So, you know, I don't really need to go into too much detail about it. But it, the themes are about like language and, like I said, that communication and determinism as well. Like what we've done will affect what we will do. Um, and it's phenomenal. The, the, the story is heart wrenching and the movie hits that mark so, so well. Um, it's not often that like, so with predestination, great movie and great story, but I don't really think the movie actually hits the mark as well as arrival hits the mark with story of your life, which is what the short story is called. Um, and it is just terrific. Like I said, heart wrenching and just, I, I can't sing its praise enough. I gush over this movie. It's (laughs) one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and another cool little thing, actually, it's written by Eric Heisserer. Um, and I don't know if you two know who Eric Heisserer is, but he wrote Secret Weapons for Valiant. He wrote um, Harbinger Wars 2 for Valiant as well. Um, well, that's cool. Didn't know that. He's a, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a, a great writer as well. And he also wrote um, Lone Wolf and Cub um, 2100, which, bringing it back to the adaptation thing, Lone Wolf and Cub, obviously the original Lone Wolf and Cub manga was made into a series of great movies um but yeah so arrival number two and the short stories stories of your life and others uh but the actual short story is called story of your life i can't recommend that enough so arrival amazing is it what's it about aliens and that yeah so it's it's about uh, like i said it's about uh the yeah like the futility of our attempt at contacting uh, intelligent life like extraterrestrial life um, and how you know movies and things always present it as you know we're just having a you know, I mean apart from maybe Close Encounters of the Third Kind most movies present it as you know we, we'll probably be able to just chat to them because they're so smart they can talk in our language um, <laughs> but 
the story of your life and arrival is more about how impossibly difficult it would be to actually communicate with these beings and it's such a great concept yeah that makes way more sense actually if well, you, think, so, yeah. if you think about animals like you know amongst us on our planet how difficult it is to communicate with animals it would be the exactly same thing. <laughs> exactly well i mean it's like you can compare it to dead languages that we had the only reason we got lucky with say like the hieroglyphics of ancient egypt is because we found a translation tablet yeah before exactly. that we had no idea it was just like yep yep no we're screwed oh yeah. look there's a tablet we got we got lucky <laughs> yep so yeah i saw that tablet in the museum i'm cultured <laughs> <laughs> i thought like you saw that tablet and uh i swallowed it and i got high that's not the same tablet in night of the museum though is it we're we talking about the same the same one right not the rosetta stone we're talking about the, yeah. the tablet the tablet of ra or whatever it was called no. oh god right but uh, cool. yeah so arrival by denis villeneuve story by ted chang um and then my third one is stalker um, or the movie Stalker, uh, directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. Um, Andrei Tarkovsky, I'm going to talk about him again soon, actually, because he is phenomenal. One of the greatest movie directors of all time. Uh, he was a Soviet uh, filmmaker, um, mostly made movies in the uh, like 60s and 70s and 80s. Um, but anyway, so Stalker uh, is based on a, a speculative fiction novel by two brothers called Boris and Arkady Strugatsky or Arkady Strugatsky um, and the original novel is called Roadside Picnic um, and it's uh, from 1972 as well and I don't know when the movie was out I think it was 1973 I think it was only a year after um, so Stalker or Roadside Picnic they're both fairly similar I mean not really I mean Boris and Arkady Strugatsky would probably say otherwise they also wrote the screenplay to the movie which is really really cool so the original authors actually had a hand in creating and and bringing this movie to life that's what makes them good that's always good when that happens yeah like let mm -hmm. them in on it you know exactly and see sort of what what they can bring to the table and actually listen to them um and if they want to deviate then they can deviate in a more uh, mature way rather than just sort of you know taking liberties and things yeah um and so it's basically so roadside picnic is about a thing called i think it's called the visitation i haven't read the book in probably about four years now um but it's basically a thing called the visitation where aliens have come to earth and left basically they just came um did their thing and left they didn't communicate with anything um they just sort of came and and fucked off and the reason it's called roadside picnic is because one of the characters in the novel actually likens them coming to earth to a roadside picnic where they just come here um, or, you know, say you get out of your car, you have a roadside picnic, you pack up all your stuff, but you've left crumbs and you've left a few little things around. Um, and the same thing happens in, in, in the novel, the sort of the aliens come and they leave. Um, but what they've left behind is, are certain artifacts that can be, uh, sold, you know, they, certain things can affect gravity, certain things can affect like, you know, electromagnetism and things like that. Um, and the point of the book is basically a, a a person's role, a person is called a stalker. Their job, their role is called a stalker. And what they do is they bring people into these zones where the aliens came. Um, and they bring them in, or I'm getting mixed up with the movie, sorry. Um, <laughs> so what they do is they go into these zones uh, where they take some of these artifacts, bring them out of the zone and sell them, basically. Um, and in the movie, what happens is in these zones, um, there's actually, or in this one zone, there's a place where people want to go that can grant them wishes. Um, so in the movie, a stalker basically 
um, chaperones people or brings people to this zone where they can grant their wishes. Well, it's speculative fiction, so it's very... There's way more to it than just, oh, you know, spooky aliens doing their spooky spooks. Um, <laughs> and it's very, very nuanced and very, very smart. Um, and, yeah, that's... Stalker the movie It's probably... So it's it's a Soviet movie, so it's... I mean, it's an Andrzej Tarkovsky Soviet movie. Um, and it's all sort of very measured and very I, w- I don't want to say slow because I don't want to put people off but it's very measured it's only shot I think there's only like 70 cuts in the entire movie or maybe less um <laughs> it's some of the cuts are like eight minutes long um but it's very just a very measured and mature movie and I would recommend that to anyone and I'd also recommend the book to anyone because the book's very very well written but yeah Stalker um by Andrzej Tarkovsky and the book Roadside Picnic by Boris and Arkady Strugatsky can I jump in with a bit of um did you know there's also a video game? Yes, I did actually. Yeah, what's what's Hello? it called again? Stalker. Yeah, oh it's, it is called Stalker, uh, yeah. Stalker yeah. Shadow of Chernobyl, Stalker Clear Sky, Stalker Call of Pripyat, and then next year there's gonna be well, no wait, this year, sorry. There's supposed to be Stalker Two. Oh, oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah, because I, I remember reading something a few years ago like that there were video games, yeah. They're loosely based on the book and the uh, film uh, they take oh, place in cool. uh, in Chernobyl so the idea is that Chernobyl had a it's an alternate reality where Chernobyl had a second explosion about 20 right. years afterwards so the stalkers the scavenger trespassers adventurers loners killers explorers and robbers because they give it an acronym I don't know mm. what the film did ah, okay <laughs> um, and you play a character who is going in there and try to loot uh, well Chernobyl uh, oh that's very cool uh, but yeah they're loosely based on the idea of some of the themes that you were bringing up with that the book and the yeah film played with that's really cool put put over in specifically ukraine and to do with the chernobyl oh wicked it's gonna it's gonna freak me out now if i ever see an abandoned picnic (laughs) yeah you're like oh spooky aliens she'll be like who who was that who left who left them crumbs who left them crumbs on the ground (laughs) but yeah i just think it's a really really cool um not metaphor maybe closer to an allegory um but yeah i just think it's really cool like likening the aliens to a to a you know their visitation to a roadside picnic because they didn't bother communicating with us they didn't bother you know doing anything like that they just sort of came and fucked off and i think that's really cool (laughs) and just left their sort of clues about yeah yeah it's really really cool so yeah I, i recommend stalker and also roadside picnic very very good my next one is uh, uh, a few people might have heard this, uh, might have heard of it. I really hope more people have heard of it than I think. Uh, it's called Tokyo Tribe. The movie is by Sion Sono. Um, I think I may have, I may butcher his name, uh, which is annoying because he's one of my favourite filmmakers, but I've actually never heard his name pronounced. Um, so I think it's Sion Sono. It might just be Sean Sono, I don't know. Um, but he's a fucking nutcase, and he directed a movie called Tokyo Tribe based on a manga um, by Santa Inoue um, called Tokyo Tribes. Um, so the movie's from 2014, and it stars Shota Somatani. Um, he's in like a few other fantastic Japanese movies. Um, yeah, Japanese movies. And it also stars uh, Riki Takeuchi, who is in a lot of uh, Takashi Miike movies and things like that. Um, but so Tokyo Tribe is it's a two-hour-long hip-hop musical. 
and it is <laughs> one of the most insane things you'll ever see in your entire life but it is so so good and i don't really have much else to say on this except that anyone needs to watch it you just you just need to see it to believe it because it's so <laughs> fucking bizarre and it's incredible i believe you because you like the weirdest shit like, yeah so watch I, tokyo tribe by by sion sono <laughs> i knew you'd pick something like proper weird as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah what, what watch tokyo drive it's all told in rap so there's not a single bit of like actual you know spoken dialogue it's all wrapped um and it is just oh it's great and and sion sono is just a, a phenomenal um director as well he's so he did um himizu which is also based on a manga um he did uh parasite not the the korean movie parasite he did parasite with a y that's also based on a manga um he did uh, like the virgin psychics love exposure cold fish um <laughs> and a, a phenomenal director but tokyo tribe is one of his most batshit ones and that's saying something because all his movies are batshit nice I'll have to check that out. So, just to... It's so good. I got it on Blu-ray, man. You can borrow it. I'll borrow that to see how weird it gets. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. Um, so yeah, so Tokyo Tribe by Sion Sono, um, based on the manga by Sansa Inoue. Um, great, great um, like artist and, and writer, by the way, Sansa Inoue. Uh, he did another manga based on uh, wheelchair basketball, and I can't remember the name of it now. It's going to annoy me, but he's great. Um, so my final one is... Uh, one again hopefully that people have heard of um or at least the the newer version or the more recent version um it is called solaris and this is once again by a soviet director called andrei tarkovsky who did stalker so solaris the 1972 version anyway by andrei tarkovsky George um, Clooney. is based on no the clune <laughs> is in the one from like 2001 or something and once again it's really strange because i love steven soderbergh but i fucking hate that movie <laughs> i liked it <laughs> well the clune isn't in the 1972 one <laughs> well, i know that <laughs> <laughs> so solaris um 1972 directed by andre tarkovsky is based on the novel of the same name by stanislav lem um stanislav lem is a phenomenal polish author um once again speculative fiction for i've just realized that four of my fucking picks are speculative fiction <laughs> um so yeah so the book is also in the same vein as uh, Arrival, where it is about the futility of contacting uh, an intelligent extra extraterrestrial race. Except in Solaris, the the the, terrestri the extraterrestrial race is a actually a planet. Um, well, I, you can't really call it a race. It, the the extraterrestrial intelligence is a water world called Solaris, um, and I won't once again go into too much detail about it because it's one of my favourite books, and I really really want as many people to read it as they possibly can but it's the same type of thing like a, uh, as Arrival where it, it, it deals with just how incomprehensible uh, an alien's language would be um, and so yeah the planet Solaris basically is trying to communicate with us uh, where in a, humans are in a satellite uh, are in a satellite above Solaris um, and trying to figure out why Solaris is doing certain things that could be considered supernatural um, very very good movie by Andrei Tarkovsky very very good book by Stanislav Lem 
Um, Stanley Swablem is, uh, well, was a phenomenal writer. He uh, wrote another book, which uh, is called The Futurological Congress, uh, which in turn was adapted into a movie called The Congress, starring Robin Wright. And I just watched Wonder Woman 1984 today, and Robin Wright was in that. I can't remember if she's in the first one, but I love Robin Wright. Um, anyway, I digress. Solaris, the movie by Andrzej Tarkovsky, 1972, and the book... Solaris by Stanley Swablem, both absolutely incredible uh, pieces of media. And that that's, that one's based in space, though, isn't it? So they're on the satellite. Yes. Yeah, so Solaris is, is a planet. The planet is called Solaris, and the planet itself is the extraterrestrial intelligence. I just remember that. I watched the George Clooney one, as I said earlier. <laughs> yeah. I can just yeah. remember it, it being nice. really long, like really long, and there's just a lot of doing nothing. The Tarkovsky one is actually probably closer to three hours, and there's a shot at the start of <clears throat> there's a shot at the start of the Tarkovsky one, and it's literally like fifteen minutes of just a car yeah, going down yeah. the equivalent of the Russians, like I don't know, autobahn or something. Yeah, just to compare them to uh, lengthwise, mm. like you were saying. So I've got Solaris, George Clooney, mm-hmm. uh, ninety-eight yeah. minutes, uh, yeah. <laughs> seventy-two uh, Solaris, one hundred sixty-six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, about two hours and forty six minutes. Then, yeah, <laughs> wait, two hundred, two hours and yeah. I feel like they wanted to show just how long the movie was, shorten it down, and then just have George Clooney. <laughs> like there's there's a really long scene where he's just butt naked, lying on a bed, eating some like macaroni or something. <laughs> it just goes on far too long. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> how how can we portray this really long film but just in, in ninety yeah. minutes? There you go. Let's slap a this cool... really pointless scene in there. <laughs> a, a a cool little fact about the Solaris, anyway, that I read. Um, it's not actually so. It's written by once again Stanisław Lem, Polish author, um, and it's not actually translated from Polish to English. And it's number one. The book is in like impossibly hard to read anyway it's really really it's a really tough like it is hard sci-fi like it is about as hard as sci-fi comes like i like my hard sci-fi but this is very (laughs) hard sci-fi um and so it wasn't actually translated from polish to english it's translated from polish to french then the english translators got a hold of the french edition and translated the french to the english um so Lord knows how much shit got lost in translation, um, but I'm pretty sure Stanislav Lem wasn't happy with the with the like our translate that we got anyway because he spoke English and he read English. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think he was happy with our translation. But it's a fucking <laughs> tough read, but it is so so gratifying, so gratifying. But yeah, so that's my five. So little recap: Predestination by the Spirit Brothers, based on the short story by Robert A. Heinlein called All You Zombies. Arrival by Denis Villeneuve. Um, based on the short story Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. Um, Stalker by Andrzej Tarkovsky, based on the book Roadside Picnic by Boris and Arkady Strugatsky. Um, Tokyo Tribe, uh, directed by Sion Sono, based on the manga by uh, Santa Inoue. And then Solaris uh, by Andrzej Tarkovsky again, based on the novel by Stanisław Lem. Nice one. I guess it's up to me now to... Dumb it down a bit. <laughs> Come on. Tokyo no, Tribe's dumb as fuck, mate. <laughs> yeah, he just had a, a rap... What, sorry, so it was a, a, a rapping musical. Yep. <laughs> See, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Well, I have seen Hamilton, so... <laughs> Hamilton is absolutely incredible. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. 
I know I speak in hyper. I know I speak like hyperbolically a lot. Historical but... lies. All so much of it. So much of it is wrong. <laughs> I, I just know, can't right? believe how they can remember. I mean, it's hard enough for people to remember their lines for a film or a play. I know, but to, right? But to remember like how to do it all in rap, where it's just like mm-hmm. thousands of pages. It's like I just bugger all pause either. That's what blows my mind with that. Yeah, story. I know. I no idea how they do it and how they did it. You know, like three days a week for six months or whatever it and, was. And, and I know it just dunked on it for its historical inaccuracies, and I will continue to forever, but it's silly <laughs> little things like, um, if anyone, if you, if you don't know about it and want to look into it, because I won't go into details because that's not the topic for today, but death is a character in it, and you can see her in all the important scenes. Oh, I've got to rewatch <laughs> it now. Cheers for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's, that. One of the background characters is death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no spoilers. Oh, it's so good. You, you I can love tell it. me. You can tell me later, and I'll spot transport. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'll uh, get on with mine. Um, the first one I've picked is Ghost World. Don't know if anyone's heard of that. Um, it was so a good. yeah. So so this is a weird one because um, so so Ghost World is a comic um, by Daniel Klaus. Um, came out in 1997, um, and then in 2001, it was adapted to a film. This is one of the ones, you know, where like the rare cases where you read the book and had no idea that it was a film for quite a while, like quite a while oh. past 2001 until I realized, oh shit, it's a, it's a movie as well. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> rare. Because normally, you know, you know, if you read a book, you know, it's a film or you know a film and then you find mm-hmm. out that it's a book. This one, I'd read it and it was completely oblivious that there was a film. So that's, that's why I've picked this one. Uh, it stars Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch as Rebecca and Enid. They're sort of like best mates who've just come out of high school. They, instead of going to like um, college or anything like that, they just want to start work straight away, get an apartment, live together, and just kind of shoot the shit and just sort of waste their life because they don't really have any direction or know what to do. Um, they're in this little kind of unnamed American town and um, it's it's just super dark comedy. They're just super cynical. They just hate everything around them. They just wander <laughs> around slagging everyone and everything off. And yeah, I just really related to it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. You can see why yeah. it's like super just cynical as hell. So yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a it's just a fun little film. Um, great read. The book is really quite different though. Um, pretty sure Daniel Klaus was involved in the script for the film. Um, but one of the one of the biggest cool. differences from the book to the film was the character Seymour. Um, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you seen it? Steve Buscemi yeah. plays plays this weird old guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So like Enid starts this weird relationship with an older man, and that's kind of where their friendship falls apart in the film. Um, not to give too much away. I'm I'm assuming everyone's watched it by now. Um, but that character in the books was kind of like it wasn't a really a character. It was um, personalities based on a bunch of different people in the book, and they decided mm-hmm. to to pull it all together and make it a character in the film, which really kind of made more sense. The book is kind of weird; it just goes off on this weird tangent, and it's kind of it's just like this strange read. It's kind of I love Daniel Klaus's <laughs> stuff because they're really quite boring. In fact, there is yeah, a book. It's, it's kitchen sink. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's, he's actually got a book called The Adventures of David Boring. So you can tell his kind of <laughs> his level of writing, um, but yeah. So Seymour um, was put in there just to sort of liven it up, and um, the director really wanted to kind of get his record collection in there. So he made him this creepy older guy who has this old record collection, <laughs> so that he could get his favorite music in there, which is kind of a weird bit. 
bit of a trivia for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Steve Buscemi just kills it. Just really plays. He just, it's kind of like growing up. I thought that that just was him in real life. Just this creepy old dude. Yeah. And then every film I saw, <laughs> he was like not proving me wrong <laughs> until like <laughs> some of the more recent films you see, like, um, like Boardwalk, when you see him do actually, you know, a proper role, you're like, oh, okay, so he's not just a creepy old dude. But okay. I mean, it's things yeah. like Con Air don't help that. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness, yeah, he's having that like weird tea party with that little girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a just a weird one. But yeah, that's all I've really got to say on Ghost World. Just really, just really enjoyed it Great as movie. a book, and found out it was a film. And yeah, the film is probably just as good as the book, but I would probably say the film actually is a little bit more coherent, and so I think the mm-hmm. film's ever so slightly better. Well, as you but, said, but I it, just love the book. Well, it's as you said, it's like the writer of the 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 comic was part there for the film as well. So I guess mm. was able. Yeah, it, it, it's sometimes like the artist or the original creator being able to have a second go at things. Yeah, it's like yeah. when Max Max was saying, like if if they're involved um, in the script, then you know you're going to get if it is changed, if it is slightly different, you know you're in good hands, and they're not just going to ruin it, or someone's taking it and just yeah. kind of pissing on it. Um, yeah, they're yeah they're able to keep the core, or maybe anything added or slightly tweaked, or either admitting that yeah, okay, fine, tweak that, but as long yeah, they're able to protect it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always like to think as well if like if the person who wrote it is involved in the movie script. I always like to think that this is what they'd do if they had a second chance yeah, at yeah. writing it. Because they are kind of getting a second chance. They're like, okay, yeah, well, if we're doing this, can we just change these things? Because they you know, they probably would have done that if they had the chance. What artist you know? puts down yeah. a piece of work and never want, and, and, and thinks it's perfect the way it is? Exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah. really cool as well, because it's the same with so many movies and so many books where I'm just like, I wonder how this director or this author, I wonder how they would have converted that to a different form of media or to a different medium, sorry. Uh, like, it's really, really cool to see that happen sometimes. And you're like, okay, this is how they would have done it. And it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I dig it. I like it when they're involved. Um, so yeah, that's Ghost World. Um, right, moving on. Um, my next one. One of my, this. This is a uh, another one that I will confess. Um, slightly different. Well, I haven't read the book, but I've seen the film, and it's absolutely fantastic. It is Forrest Gump. Uh, every, I mean, if you haven't seen Forrest Gump, go home. Come on now. Yeah, you've had, you've had enough time, and it is one of the greatest films. You're dead to me. Ever made? Yeah, you're absolutely dead to me. Uh, so Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, brilliant film. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, um, absolute genius. What else has he done? I wonder. <laughs> Many of my favorite <laughs> movies. <laughs> Many of them. Um, but this, but this, this is one I didn't realize. This, oh, I learned this a while ago, and it's made me really want to read the book, and I've never got around to it. But there was, it was based on a novel in 1986 um, mm-hmm. called Forrest Gump um, by Winston Groom, and there's a sequel. There is a sequel novel. So there is a, yeah. a oh. sequel to Forrest Gump called uh, Gump and Co. Shit. Yeah, yeah, no. That's cool. They made the... Sorry if I'm jumping in here, but the no sequel book was also made a year after the film, and it yeah. changes the character to be more like the Tom Hanks version. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because here's another, here's another thing. So the original Forrest Gump character in the book was actually a little bit of a knob. And he was very, um, he used to swear a lot and he was quite abusive and he was 240 pounds. So they, they wanted oh, John, no. yeah, they wanted John Goodman for Forrest Gump. 
I they thought you'd say John Belushi then. I was like, I'm, I'm done with John Belushi. <laughs> well, that would, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, they actually yeah. they actually wanted someone much bigger and, and much and you could play a much angrier person. God knows why they went with Tom Hanks in the end. I didn't didn't really find that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, they changed. They, they really did change quite a bit. Um, uh, I I really have to read the book. I really want to read the novel, uh, the sequel as well, um, just because I love the film and I want to see where they go with it. Um, mm. But the original was bonkers. They cut so much crazy shit out. Like Forrest Gump, you know how he's like, I'm a ping pong champion. And, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, I, I ran 16 miles a day for like three years or whatever. And um, he invented the smiley face and all these like crazy things that sort of, <laughs> and none of it's real, but it's kind of a suggesting that he was involved in some big stuff. Like he invested in Apple so that, you know, Apple could become what they are today. Um which interestingly enough, the I don't know how much it was that they'd invested, but apparently it'd be worth around three million now. Oof. So he made made some good money doing that. Um, but yeah, so like the original novel, he so he goes and works for NASA, and he takes an orangutan into space with him, and him and the orangutan are on this on this space station smoking <laughs> weed, and then they crash on an island, a deserted island, and they have to fight off cannibals. It's just like. Why isn't that? Why wasn't that in the film? <laughs> yeah, um, but you can see why. You can see how they kind of took that crap out and just left in the good stuff, the heartfelt stuff, yeah. the real decent storytelling that was there. And so we got the movie that we did. Because can you imagine Forrest Gump with all that went on, and then you add those crazy things like going to space and fighting cannibals? <laughs> Looking back on it now, I think it may have been. It would probably be awesome now. It'd be cult classic now. Because of those things. Yeah, 100%. You know, like it was so bad, it was so good kind of situation. But yeah, I'm glad yeah. they didn't because, you know, it wouldn't have been an Oscar winner otherwise. So Yeah. And uh, also, just a little fact, because uh, we were speak- well, cause I was speaking about Robin Wright earlier. Robin Wright is obviously in Forrest Gump and she's amazing in that. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, uh, great cast, actually, to be fair. They did, yeah, they did phenomenal well cast. As we're talking about it being a book adaptation things, did you hear about the controversy about the author not really getting paid? No, I didn't. Oh, shit. No. Uh, right, so Winston Groom, the guy who wrote it, was paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the screenplay rights, and was mm. told that and contracted to get three percent of the shares of the film's net profits. Now, I stress net is because fancy Hollywood accounting made the film a loss. Yeah, it didn't oh. make it didn't make a lot of money actually, did it? It didn't make any money, according to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got pissed, wrote the sequel. They d- they then came to terms and bought the rights to the sequel book, but never made it. <laughs> well, to be fair to him, though, like, he only yeah. sold something like 30,000 copies when the book originally came out. It, it didn't do that well. Uh, but then after the movie, um, it went to softcover and he sold, like, nearly 2 million copies. So I suppose he did oh, well nice. out of it anyway, to be fair to him. At least, you know, they couldn't take that away from him, you know? It's greedy Hollywood bastards. But yeah, anyways, that's, that's Forrest Gump. Moving on. Um, All You Need Is Kill is my next pick. Um, It's a Japanese science fiction novel by Hiroshi Sakurazaka. 2004, I think, was uh, when it was written, but then there was a manga made in 2014 and also a film uh, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt called Edge of Tomorrow. Um, You you guys must have seen that film. Such a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Um, or so this, or uh, live die repeat. <laughs> live die repeat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which that was yeah, the title. Of, that was the title. Yeah. That, um, Edge of tomorrow. Live die repeat. 
or live, die, repeat, edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Pick your title, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, 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 uh, it was one of those things where I'd seen the film, Edge of Tomorrow. Well, this is pretty cool. Then I was looking around for some decent sci-fi manga to read. Um, saw All You Need Is Kill recommended. It's like one of the best mangas ever put out and must be read. So I grabbed it, started reading it, and then I got probably a quarter of the way through and I went, yeah, hang on. Fuck, this is this is a lot like that film, Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Before I realised it was exactly that. It's exactly the same story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, so this, so this guy kind of, he wakes up, he's a soldier, he's going out the next day to fight these uh, creatures, this alien invasion called Mimics. Um, they're invading, I think it is Tokyo, is it Tokyo? Somewhere? Oh, it's a beach somewhere yeah. in Japan anyway that they... Um, they're fighting these mimics these uh, aliens and so every time he dies he wakes up and has to relive the day again and it turns out well i don't want to spoil it for people but i guess you've all seen the film but it turns out that the um uh, the aliens are sort of rebooting everybody so that they can keep winning so they can get further along and keep winning the war so that the further you get along and you die they kind of like reboot you so they can capture you and trap you some some weird sort of it's really weird concept, but it's really decent. Um, mm-hmm. So every day he gets, he has to get a little bit stronger, a little bit smarter, train a little bit harder so he can fight these aliens off um, and eventually be so badass and have so much skill that he eventually uh, defeats them. There's a lot more to it. Um, the book is really, really good because there's a slightly different ending, I think, in the in the book to the film, ever so slightly, but near enough the same thing mm. um but the, the one of the interesting facts for that one this is the only one i've got for this one actually um there's probably mm. tons but i found this one really interesting that um the film was released uh june the 6th 2014 which is also the 70th anniversary of the d-day landing world war Two normandy beach oh yeah makes sense huh? and oh, it brilliantly ties in because it is almost uh, a sort of reflection but a futuristic reflection of the uh mm-hmm yeah, the uh, Normandy Beach landing. So quite interesting. That's cool. What I what I really like about um, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, once again, I haven't I haven't read the the book. I really like to. What I really like about Edge of Tomorrow is that it's Tom Cruise being hapless. It's Tom Cruise not being. Uh, well, I mean, to start with, anyway, it's Tom Cruise like not being readily amazing at everything. Like, yeah. and I love that. <clears throat> Yeah, he's not a badass straight away. Yeah, like he actually has to learn rather than being yeah like Ethan Hunt naturally. Like yeah, yeah, you can't you can't win them all, mate. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I can throw a few out for the light novel and the manga. You silly okay. things. Uh, the light yeah. novel, uh, not the writer, but the illustrator for the cover and things uh, is is Yasutoshi Abe, uh, who is also known for having done the characters' designs for Serial Experiments Lane, if uh, you know that oh, one at all. Oh, I've heard of that. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's, the, <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the manga, so when it was made into manga, you mentioned earlier, Troy, about uh, it being a manga. Yeah. Uh, Takeshi Obata, who you people may know from Death Note, <laughs> being probably nice. the big mm. one. Well, Death Note, uh, Eye Shield 21, Bakuman, Black Cat, and things, but yeah. Decent. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, you know. (laughs) Um, Next one is Neuromancer. Uh, Neuromancer, it's a novel by William Gibson, um, written in 1984. 
This book, I'm only a, probably about a quarter of the way into it yet. Um, this book is the granddaddy of cyberpunk, the genre itself. So this isn't necessarily a book that's been adapted into a film, but I'm going to mention one major film that definitely, <laughs> definitely stole a lot of stuff from this book. A lot of, a lot of films have, and a lot of stories and games have. Um, one being the cyberpunk 2077 game that's just come out. Um, they pulled tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, most of the content came from this book, Neuromancer. Um, it, I mean, it's set in Night City, the same Night City it's set in the game. So you can see they're just pretty much just cherry picking what they want from it. But The Matrix is the one I wanted to mention. Now, in Neuromancer, William Gibson pretty much coins the term cyberspace and The Matrix. And now The Matrix movie just took that, but really built on it. In the book, The Matrix isn't quite the same thing. It's more like, um, you know, like Ready Player One, where they just they jump into their sort of virtual world that they've built. It's all computerized. It's more like that in the book. It's not quite like, you know, humans are batteries and they're fueling this weird, like, yeah. robot army. It's not, it's not the same thing. So The Matrix, to be fair to them, they took a lot of stuff from the book, but they didn't really, you know, they made it their own. They made it their own thing, mm. but just found it really, really interesting that this is, this is the one cyberpunk book that fuels everything. I mean, Inception took some stuff from it. Um, Ready Player One took a lot from it, as I just mentioned that. Um, yes, it's just fantastic. Um, it's um, about this guy, Case. His name's Case. He's kind of a sort of futuristic cowboy type guy. He jacks into cyberspace to perform all sorts of like espionage theft and cyberpunky stuff um and he's yeah he's just a just a great character he's, he's sim he's actually really similar to the character in the cyberpunk game it's basically <laughs> you know stealing shit all the time um um yeah it's just it's fantastic i and love the matrix so much the matrix is great isn't it one of the one of so the best good. films well it oh, i was just saying it's like it's like silly concepts like um uh digital rain uh, you know, yeah. in the Matrix, yeah. where the green light, uh, the green text comes yeah, down. Yeah. But it's also in things like, well, you were saying about other things that have taken from it, like Ghost in the Shell, the yeah. anime manga mm -hmm. series, that also uses that concept and a lot of other concepts from Neuromancer. So it's a big yeah. worldwide thing now. Um, a more yeah. recent one, Battle Angel uh, Alita, has been said to be uh, mm -hmm. using it. I mean, James Cameron himself, I believe. So. It's all cyberpunk, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the Matrix is so good. That's the thing with the Wachowskis, though, isn't it? The Wachowski sisters, because they, they directed what? They did Speed Racer, adaptation. They directed Cloud Atlas, adaptation. <laughs> they directed Matrix, adaptation. Like <laughs> Just just brilliant. And sci-fi is one of those ones where they all cherry-pick off each other. Yeah. It's, a very, yeah. it's a great community, isn't it, of creators? Because, like... I mean, Matrix didn't just take from that book. It, like you said, it, it took from Ghost in the Shell. It took from Akira, 1988, you know, that... It most certainly did. Fantastic book. Um, took from tons of stuff. But, I mean, they all... But the, it does. It all... Cyberpunk as a thing really does. It, it happened before that. Cyberpunk was around before it. But yeah. when it came out, everything after it took from it, it's like... um. Yeah, uh, the fantasy standardized as it is now. Yeah. Like the fantasy version uh, of it would be like Lord of the Rings. Everything mm -hmm. after to Lord of the Rings, if you're in fantasy, you're doing Norse base fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're basing it yeah. off of the like it's you're like the Bible. It, yeah, <laughs> it, yes, there was fantasy before it, 
No one's denying that. But afterwards, everything's kind of using it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so we said, you, you know, you would, well, you started with like like the Matrix and things based off of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said th- and Cyberpunk. Okay. Yep. Another book by William Gibson that sort of well, no, it's the same sort of thing. Is John Johnny Mnemonic? Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Johnny yeah. Reeves. No, 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 no. That's, that's the third Keanu Reeves thing based on Cyberpunk. Ba- like that is based on this one guy. What is that? <laughs> oh yeah, shit. Yeah, Cyberpunk the game. The Cyberpunk Matrix, the game. The Matrix and Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> There you go. It's the grandfather of the genre. I love Johnny Mnemonic as well. Great movie. Yeah, so I think if you're into that genre, if you like your sci-fi, if you like your cyberpunk, then you owe it to Gibson to grab this book and have a read. And that's what I'm doing now. I've decided that, you know, now's the time. You know, I've, Mm. I've loved all the Philip K. Dick stuff, but, you know, after playing the games and watching all the films, I'm like, yeah, I have to pay my respects and read the novel. Yeah. There was also going to be a live-action film, though. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, don't do that. So, like I said, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be like Dune, where it's like, just, just they don't. Like, no. it's, it's too sprawling. It was... It was... It was in, in 2017, it was announced that Tim Miller, the guy who did the first Deadpool, was going to adapt it. Oh, God. But... Yeah, I know. But... They've been, well, they've been bought out by Disney, haven't they? And all Fox projects are basically mm. and dropped, haven't they? So, that ain't happening. <laughs> Yeah, it was gonna, it was gonna happen. Still might, who knows? But here we go. Right, my last one, my final one, my absolute favorite, my favorite book to film of all time. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're thinking, what the fuck is this gonna be? <laughs> Mystery Men. If anyone's heard of Mystery <laughs> Men, oh, why are you laughing? Why are you such laughing? a daft film? I love it. <laughs> why are you laughing already? Mystery Men. It's the single greatest movie ever made because it's got Kel Mitchell from Keenan and Kel in it. <laughs> Kel Mitchell is in it, and he is the invisible boy <laughs> who can only, uh, you know, who can only go invisible if nobody's watching. That's why I love yes. it. <laughs> this is fucking fantastic. Uh, anyway, so, so let, let me tell you about Mystery Men. Um, so it's a film from 1999, directed by Kinka Usher. Interesting thing about this director only film feature film he's directed ever he's a commercial director does a lot of adverts for telly and did this film and decided i fucking hate this shit i'm going back to adverts never doing this again <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people thought that this was like uh um it was tim burton and this was just the name he was using but that's not true just oh, so, just to let you know a lot of people Weird. still say that today like oh yeah but no this guy's real he's a real fucking person <laughs> everyone's like no this is just the name that he used to cover up that he was doing <laughs> no bullshit anyway mystery men 99 um starring ben stiller hank azaria you might know him from the simpsons did a load of voices <laughs> voice of mo mo sislak chief wiggum apu the comic guy disco Everyone. shoe yeah. dr nick pretty much all of the all of the characters that aren't the main ones <laughs> if it's um, yeah if it's not dan castellanetta then it's hank azaria <laughs> yeah yeah he d- just done like he's brilliant i l- absolutely love him one of my favorite um films he was in was along came polly where he played the scuba instructor oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking fantastic um william h macy is the shoveler in it um there's Amazing. there's so many, but like mm. I'm only I'm only going to mention those three for now. Or oh, we've mentioned Kel Mitchell because of or from Keenan Kel, but so <laughs> um, 
Eddie ben Stiller plays, <laughs> or Eddie Azard is in it, yeah. yeah. Sorry. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's fucking loads of there's decent loads people there. in it. Yeah, there's loads. But the main three, so Ben Stiller was Mr. Furious, Hank Azaria was um, the Blue Raj, and William H. Macy was the Shoveler. Those were the only three that actually came from the book that I'm about to mention. So the book that it came from was called The Flaming Carrot. This is a comic right. book series by Bob Burden. It first appeared in Visions Number no. 1, 1979. This was a program booklet that they gave out at the Atlanta Fantasy Fair. So this is like a comic con. And as you walk in, you get, you know, you get your bag of goodies with your mm. uh, program in it. So he'd uh, illustrated and wrote a little story called The Flaming Carrot and put it in there. So that was what was given away. It later became a proper comic book series, but that's where it first began. Um, <laughs> the Flaming Carrot is a character he created. It's a, it's a man, a nameless man, doesn't even give him a name. You know how, like, you know, you've got Clark Kent, who then becomes Superman? This is just bloke. Yeah. Bloke who becomes a carrot. <laughs> it's fucking... Right, so this man reads 5,000 comics in a single sitting to win a bet. Then suffers... <laughs> right. Right? Then suffers brain damage, which, which then mutates him into a flaming carrot. So imagine this guy, <laughs> he's, he looks like a human, except for his face, his head, is a carrot. A really big carrot, but the you know the little uh, stalky bit on the carrot that's a flame, okay. And he wears right. these weird little salad flipper things. It's, you you got you got to Google it. Google the flaming carrot. I've got a weird. picture of it in front of me, and it is just bizarre, <laughs> right? So you, you and, and if you've seen Mystery Men, then it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because the film's just batshit mad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the flaming carrot was the was the main character. And it was all, it was really all about superheroes who were just shit at being superheroes, didn't really have powers. <laughs> they didn't really make, you know, they weren't decent people. They, you know, they were just like blue collar guys who had regular jobs who really wanted to, you know, join a superhero team, but they were never good enough. They never had the powers. Um, they, they were dysfunctional teams and the, and the carrot was kind of the start of that. And then in issue 16 and 17 of Flaming Carrot, 1987, you get the Mystery Men appear and he joins their team. In the film, they don't use the crazy carrot-headed guy because it's a, it's a bit of a weird, far-fetched thing to put in a film. Um, but you do get the Mystery Men. Only the, like I said, the Mr. Furious, the Shoveler and the Blue Rush, those were the ones that they brought into the film. And then they added all of the ones like the Bowler and, and the Spleen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think my favourite... Where he gets cursed. Which one by, uh, does um, Pee Wee Herman play? Paul Rubens. Who is he playing it? Um, the the spleen. Yeah, he's, he's the spleen. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the, the spleen. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, so he's he's walking along. He cuts the cheese and then blames it on this old woman. Turns out she's an old gypsy woman who puts a curse on him. Um, <laughs> basically saying, uh, "He who smelt it will forever be he who dealt it." So he has these crazy <laughs> powers where you pull his finger and he can let out the deadly fart up to a certain amount of meters away and literally take people out like they pass out from the stench. Uh, that's that's how shit these superheroes are. The shoveler <laughs> literally is a guy with a shovel and he beats people up with a shovel. He's not even very good at that. <laughs> Mr. Furious, Ben Stiller's character, he's he apparently he pushed a public bus once or he picked up a public bus. He didn't. He leant on it as it sort of started to drive away. But everyone thought that he'd moved it himself, that he was super strong. Um, so when so he, if you get him really, really angry, apparently he has super strength. He doesn't. He just gets really, really angry and he can't fight for shit. Um, so he's a pointless <laughs> character. Um, the, the Blue Raja, he just flings forks 
so he can just shoot forks like with deadly accuracy. And he's actually the only one who's kind of slightly got a cool power, except they're forks. Be good if they were knives, but they're just <laughs> fucking forks. Yeah, and then you've got your invisible boy who can only go invisible when no one's looking, which is just stupid. But he does go invisible, to to his credit. He does go invisible. Um, you've he got does. Carmine the Bowler. So I think her, her dad's the super, who was the superhero, who had powers. He was called the Bowler. He died, so she had his skull set into a bowling ball, and then she carried the bowling ball around. It's like this weird... Uh, magical bowling ball that flies around. Pretty cool. Yeah, was it Janine Gar- Janine Garofalo? Isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I used to um, love her when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's fucking crazy. So, Mystery Men, absolutely fantastic, brilliant film. <laughs> the comic series is cra- is is weird. I've read a bunch of it when the it, uh, it was released by Dark Horse a lot later in collection. Um, they got kind of got the rights to it and started putting it out. I only read it when it was collected in Dark Horse. I never read the you know the early stuff. And I, I weirdly enough picked up a there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Hero, uh, Turtles crossover, a TMNT crossover with four issues uh, with the flaming carrot. Uh, so <laughs> it didn't need to happen, but it did. So yeah, that's that's me favorite one, Mystery Men. That's my picks. Nice. Do you want me to do a quick recap of those? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, right. So, right. So to recap, um, Ghost World, Daniel Klaus, um, brilliant, brilliant book. Um, the film is equally as good. Check that out. Um, then Forrest Gump, absolutely fantastic film. I want to read the book because uh, it sounds mad. And there's yeah. a sequel, and I need a sequel because, you know, why wouldn't you? So Forrest Gump. Um all You Need Is Kill, uh, which obviously the film is Edge of Tomorrow. I recommend the book over the film, even though the film's brilliant. The book just seems to... It just feels better. It just makes more sense. More sense. It's got more feels. Um, Neuromancer, William Gibson. It basically gave birth to Matrix and a bunch of other cool sci-fi movies. So there's tons to do with that. So just mm. check out the book and um, you can Google all the stuff that pulled from it. There's tons. And then Mystery Men, Flaming Carrot, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's me. Sorry, sorry to bring the mood down. No, no, um, arty intellectual stuff from me, mate. Just uh, no, you blow- brought the mood up from, from, from this all the pretentious <laughs> I, shit that I mentioned. I, just bring my mind is still from blown from the carrot. I'm still just <laughs> stunned by this bloody carrot thing. Like of all the uh, daft things just, they did in the film, they removed the carrot man. What no? I know, I know, like, the like audience couldn't handle that, but they can handle the spleen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so what are you, What have you got? Yeah, okay, yeah, right. Oh, I'm kind of to blame for this category of our discussion this week anyway, so um, <laughs> I felt yeah. I had to go for, um, other than my fifth one, which we'll get to at the end, the four that I did pick originally were different, original sources so i've got a book a manga a webtoon and a graphic novel and then the fifth one's a bonus one for silly fun reasons i hope um this first one though might help might be good for you troy because you keep bashing yourself about not being able to read which is harsh <laughs> but i didn't i didn't quite say i can't read i just <laughs> i'm bashing you down further no, i'm joking no but i mean concentration wise because i've been doing this i've been picked i picked up this series for similar don't, reasons i don't couldn't say get, the hungry caterpillar <laughs> no i couldn't get my head back into reading Classic. books so i went with a collection of short stories the last wish oh which is the first collection 
of short stories of The Witcher. Yeah, well, you're right, because I have read some of those because they're short stories and I can handle that, so you're Bigger. correct. That's what, no, that's what I've been doing, you can crack it out. Uh, Andreas Sapkowski, or oh, I butchered that, I apologise to, I should have really asked my co-worker how to pronounce this, uh, but no, yeah, The Witcher series, uh, a lot of people, including myself, came to it from the games, and when the Netflix series popped up, uh, oh, cool, yeah, that, and then the series people were going, no, we're adapting the books. So I was like, okay, I'll pick up the books. And they're lovely. They're really good, yeah. They're really good. So yeah, the first two books of the franchise are short story collections. Then there's five in the Witcher saga, so they're actual novels, and then the last one is a standalone. A Polish author. So I think we've got uh, some matching there, Max, though yours did all seem to be behind the Iron Curtain for a bit there. Yeah. <laughs> but we all have our themes. Uh, <laughs> no, so, yeah, no, uh, so The Witcher, I mean, for the few people now who don't really know what it is, coming from the video games, the books themselves, or the now probably critically acclaimed Netflix series, yeah, it's set in a fantasy sort of Eastern European world. I mean, all of the monsters are proper, uh, I mean, they're witches and monsters and vampires and things, but they're all that's eastern european actually their uh versions of these myths and monsters so it's like striga and and wonderful scary and weird words like that uh main character Geralt, he's a witcher the witches hunt these monsters for for coin and for favors and ma well madness i mean one of the first stories is that he screws up and gets a basically an adopted daughter because he tries to not get paid <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did that really well in in the netflix show i think Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and it comes up with all these cool rules that you learn about. Like, like, no, it's 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 all these. It, it, it's like learning a slightly. It's learning about a different culture as well through their mythology, through a person's fantasy mm. version of their own mythology, which I liked. And the reason I picked this one is because it's a big popular one. But like myself, I came from the games first, mm -hmm. and then when it yeah, was then it was announced as a TV series and. Oh, I've got a co-worker who did the opposite, and we've had wonderful conversations of both saying how different it is to the version of The Witcher we know. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember doing the games and then finding out about the short stories. Then I um, read a bunch of those before it was Netflix. Oh, you did better I than I then. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got in there with the book just before the Netflix show came out, probably a couple of years before, but I didn't do a load of the books. I don't think I even did the first one. I just did one in the middle because the great thing about them is they it doesn't matter. They're just short stories. So you just jump in. You know the Witcher from the games. Yeah, yeah. You know what he's about. You know what he does. You jump in on the book and it's a story about him hunting another beast or weird fantasy creature. So you don't you don't need to go into the in-depth storylines with it. No. There really aren't any, is there? It's just... Here he is. Here's Geralt. He's on another adventure. I just that's what I love about them. You can just oh, get yeah, exactly. in and out whenever you want. So, and because it's it's known fantasy tropes, but also with a different culture's view on them. Like I know I said earlier about how like fantasy nowadays is Lord of the Rings based. Like mm. it's Norse based, but this isn't because <laughs> yeah. this is this is Eastern European based. Uh, did you know there were live actions before the Netflix one? No, was there? Uh, the Hexer. Uh, a Polish film, and also the Hexer, a Polish television series. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, like a bootleg, or no? You know. They made it, and they had the rights to it, and it was properly made. They just call it the Hexer instead of the Witcher. 
Well, it depends how you translate it, because apparently the English translation of the word can be hexer or witcher. Um, oh, I see. I was going to say, why don't you just call it a witcher? But that makes sense, because the translation... <laughs> I think it is the same word sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my first one. I just wanted it Well, like yourself, I wanted a nice, easy, simple one of just sort of um, another push for people to go through the books like myself, because... To be fair, the Netflix series has been following it very beat for beat, going very well through the short stories. But you can mm. get ahead of it if you want, and you never know how long these things last, because it's sadly Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just di- dive in the books, and just dive in wherever you want. That's, I just didn't find it, it really mattered. I think that you're not spoiling anything. No, no. Uh, no, so my, so my next one was uh, another one that came from the, the wrong way round, if you're a book person or, or something. But this one's a comic, so this is my uh, comic pick. This is Snowpiercer, or French word, <laughs> Le Transpecuniste de Nègre. I don't know. <laughs> Something in French that means, yeah. yeah. Le Transpercenage. <laughs> I'm very English. We don't do foreign languages, or I don't anyway. Smarter people than I do. But no, this one I thought was marvellous, because, I mean, this was made into a film years ago, by a Korean director. Bong Joon-ho, my boy. Bon, bon Joon-ho, <laughs> who's now no, now up there for like things like Parasite. Thing. Uh, yeah, Parasite. So, like, Academy Award shit now. Mm-hmm. Not that Snowpiercer isn't great. The original... The, the, yeah, the, so, the ori- original adaptation, tw- uh, 2013, based on the graphic novel of the French word I said, amazingly. <laughs> it has Chris, Chris Evans in it, Tilda Swinton in it, Song Kang Ho and just oh, I love him. It's a mate. It's yeah. So the idea is that we fucked up the planet as we so often do in sci-fi things, and the only thing keeping civilization alive is this train that is going around the world in this frozen wasteland, and it's all controlled by the uh, Weinstein Company. And it's about the back of the train people who were the people who didn't have tickets, but they now have to earn their way in it by horrible means. And it's it's dystopian sci-fi in a frozen planet world. And I I loved I loved the film. I heard it as a comic. I still I I don't own a copy, but I had read it at one point. I can't remember what happened to it. I think I borrowed it from someone. And now it's a Netflix series, which is on its second its second season now. Yeah, I think it's still running. It's, the it's currently season, yeah. running its second season, and it's just one of those ones where it's like you tell people, you know that, you know that uh, that TV show. Oh yeah, they did that film ages ago. That's really weird that they they're redoing that film as a TV series. I'm like, yeah, because yeah. it's based on a graphic novel. There's probably so much from the graphic novel the film never was able to touch. Exactly. I yeah. mean, looking. Well, there's, there's there's always so much that you have to leave on the cutting floor, or even before you get to the cutting. Mm. So yeah, yeah, they have to I, write I, loads of stuff out, don't they? Yeah, they have to write loads of stuff yeah. out. So I've I've watched the first season of the series, also loved it, but it's it's able to take things slower as well. Don't get me wrong, I still love the yeah, film. Yeah, I like that. I still love the film, but when you're able to do the same concepts and the same thing uh, and the same world, or at least a new ad, a new vision of that same world, and you're able to take your time with it. Yeah, I mean, Snowpiercer was an action action sci-fi thing. It was the world's fucked. People are being dickheads in the normal dystopian thing we're gonna take the train there's no spoilers there but the, 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 <laughs> we're gonna take the train i mean it's it's the poor people being stomped on they're always gonna rebel it's a dystopian movie if they don't what's mm. what's what are they doing <laughs> the series is the reboot of it but it's able to also take it slower i mean instead of following the guy who leads a rebellion 
we follow a former detective who gets pulled up to the front of the train to solve mis- a murder spree. So that's Davy Diggs, yeah? Uh, yes. I haven't watched the TV series, but my sister absolutely loves it, and I love Davy Diggs, so I need to get on that, because yeah. the movie's phenomenal as well. Yeah, yeah. he plays An- Andre Layton, a former detective who's in the back of the bus, well, back of the train, so mm-hmm. third-class tail people who even shouldn't be there, according to the rich fuckers, but he gets <laughs> pulled in to help solve a murder mystery. So mm-hmm. I just think it's rather interesting that so it's not only it's a comic adaptation that got a really good film, but is then yeah. able to do a TV series that just does it as a slightly different genre. It's yeah, it's action hero in dystopia to cop detective in dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, that's one I've been meaning to watch as well, actually, on Netflix. Have you seen Have you seen the movie, Troy? No, I haven't seen the film either. I've, I've, Dude, I haven't even so read good. the book. I haven't done any of it, but I have. Um, I've got you can uh, borrow the book if you. I've got a copy of it. Oh, cool! I've got a copy of it in in my ever growing pile of stuff I need to read. So. <laughs> yeah. It's on my radar. Yeah, don't worry. Just, the movie's so good because well, yeah, once again, Bong Joon Ho directed what Okja, Parasite, oh, Sophia, Okja. oh yeah, Mother, Memories of Murder, Barking Dogs Never Bite, The Host, like all those fucking movies are incredible. But there you go. Yeah, no, that's it's insane. That's lockdown sorted for me. Then I'll re- I'll watch all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's they're honestly they're all so good. Yeah, no, I just like it as well because you can watch the film and the TV series and read the comic, and you'll get different things from it because they're all doing slightly different things yeah. or I like very that. different things with the. But they're not losing the essence of it, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, I like I like that they can do that with like certain things because yeah. they do that a lot, don't they? They have like different. They have they adapt it to different media, and it just gets exhausting because it's the same thing. But that's cool that the TV series is 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 much different from the movie. So yeah. That's the comic one. And I find it quite fun as well, because it's a French comic. It's not even like a American one or, yeah. e- or even English. It's French. Uh, yeah, and it's not Tintin, so that's good. It's not Tintin. Tintin's <laughs> Belgian, you bastard. Tintin is... I don't know. Whatever. So <laughs> Hergé is from Belgium. No, and, and so isn't also... I'm not very good at geography, either. <laughs> Asterix and Obelisk. There you go, French. There oh, we that's go. What, that's, what <laughs> I was, that's what I was meant to say. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so I've had a book, like a, a, a wordy book, as my family mocked me for reading comics and shit. Oh, is, are you reading a book? Is that a wordy book or one of your nerd ones? Fuck off. <laughs> wordy book. <laughs> wordy book. No, that's my sarcastic reply to them about it, though. I'm like, yeah. no, it's a wordy book oh. now. So, yeah. Fucking hell. So yeah, so that's a book, a comic. So now we'll go into the weird and wonderful webtoon. Now, do either of you know what webtoons are? Before I go into is it. This- we, we do. Is that what... Did One Punch Man start as a webtoon, or is that wrong? Kinda, yeah. You are right, right. there. So, yeah. Is this so- just like a, a That's website? That's the only one I know of. <laughs> like a web... Just a webcomic, is it? Just like... Well, yeah. So, One Punch Man was a webcomic. So, yeah. It was, se- it was self-published and put online by the author. So, webtoon... Webtoon, though, is more the Korean version of that. Right? Right. right. So, it's digital comics that originate from South Korea... Uh, so it's basically manhwa, uh, manhwa being their version of manga sort of thing. So their term for uh, comics, you know, like we, you know, like the Japanese, all comics are manga because that's their term for it. But outside here, we call them, we use their term to refer to their specifically. So yeah, web, yeah. webtoons are manhwa or just comics on the internet, right? Right. Okay. And we've so, yeah. so now, now the homework's done. <laughs> Sweet home. <laughs> Alabama. No, no, just Sweet Home. 
Knew that was coming, you fucking loser. <laughs> Pause for joke. Everyone laughed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Pause Pause for tumbleweed, yeah. <laughs> Pause for this one. Um, quick fact. Legally Blonde was a couple of really decent novels, if you want to... Oh, damn. If you want to go novel to film, Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde. <laughs> All right, then. There you go. Reese Witherspoon. Anyway. No, no, no worries, mate. Reese without a spoon. No. So the reason I wanted to do that is because, as I said, I just want to do different genres of things as well. Like, you can go out and read... Mm. Korean comics just online and they're translated as well. This one is up and translating in English. So it's Sweet Home. Uh it's it's a weird one. Okay, so basically just a synopsis of the of the webtoon and and the Netflix adaptation, which follows very closely, uh, is after the death of uh his family, uh Cha Hun So uh moves to a new apartment in the in a what's called a green building, yeah? So it's just a broken down, mm-hmm. shitty apartment block, uh, flat building sort of thing. So he's a, he's he's considering suicide. His family have all died in an accident. He got le- left with nothing, and then the apocalypse happens. Oh, okay. I mean, literally. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so he's con- he's contemplating suicide, and then suddenly people start turning into monsters. And he and other residents of this big big block of flats, this big apartment building have to defend themselves against monsters while also the threat of themselves turning into monsters because so far into this into the into even the webtoon and and the series you don't know why someone will or if someone will turn into a monster right okay that's fucking weird and he teams up with yeah. he gets to team up with weird and wonderful people like eventually he teams up with a person who's able to help them build defences and weapons. I mean, it, it, it's that usual thing of there's an apocalypse and you gather a team of useful people. But it's also the worry that any one of them could suddenly... The, the sign is a nosebleed. <laughs> but anyone could suddenly uh, get this instigator and then you're suddenly, oh God, they're going to turn into one. <laughs> okay. So it kind of sounds like The Walking Dead, kind of, but with monsters. Yeah, with weird... Yeah, but the monsters are far more interesting. And probably less shit. Yeah, I think I think we've discussed. Well, I mean, you and I, Troy, have discussed before about how the first episode or the first issue is generally okay to go on, sort of thing. So, to give you yeah. an idea of the monsters that are involved, there's the first monster they really see is a v- sort of vampire monster. It's referred to in like like the fan base and 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 the thing as the vampire monster, hmm. but really it's just a very tall, a uh, very long limbed humanoid thing that has a long tentacle tongue that latches onto people and drains them of all of their blood. <laughs> of course there's tentacles. Oh yeah. Has to be. Oh. Even even in Korea. <laughs> Japan. Not just Japan with the weirdness. Fair enough. So yeah, and then it's just all of these people trying to get together and stop and barricade themselves into this building. Shit goes sideways in so many ways. You get betrayals and, and all those weird and wonderful things of well, I mean, because as you said, anyone could turn into one for any reason. It's not like vampires or zombies, you get bitten and turn. You can turn for en- seemingly randomly. That's terrifying. That makes it so much more well, this, like unsettling. And, and and they keep trying to come up with theories. I won't go into it because I've seen it all and read. I actually have read the webtoon a bit now because I got mm. really into it. <laughs> as I said, I mean, this was one of the reasons I wanted to do an adaptation type thing. But yeah, and all of the monsters... Uh, again, slight. I uh, try not to go into two of it, but there's a reason they turn into the type of monster they do, right? Okay. And you eventually work that out, not only yourself, but so do the characters as well, or they oh, think. Cool. Yeah. So the monsters are very 
all very different. It's not just they all turn into these vampire tentacle face things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued so now. I want to check it out. That's Sweet Home. Yeah, that sounds so cool. And that was adapted into what an uh, an anime or no live action? These this is a live action. I'm sticking oh, to the thing. Right. Okay, this is sweet. live action on Netflix. Sweet Home. Sweet Home. Koreans have done some amazing zombie movies. Obviously, they did you know Train to Busan. And, oh, I love and Train to Busan. Station. And they did obviously the pre- the the sequel to Soul Station, Train to Busan, whatever that was called. I think it was just called Train to Busan Two, wasn't it? But there was another korean zombie movie that i watched a couple months ago and it was so good and i can't remember i am alive no alive i think it was called mm. just alive yeah that was great but yeah, yeah koreans are banging at that sort of stuff oh if, if we're talking well no i mean just a bonus thing if we're talking korean live action adaptations of of things to netflix uh kingdom oh so good <laughs> just a bonus one <laughs> yeah amazing so yeah that's 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 my um uh, webtoon weird and wonderful mm. monsters uh apartment block barricading themselves in trying to survive is it poorly dubbed or is it subtitles we well, could probably choose both you could choose both it's it, it's fully done <laughs> well, i know we joked mode. about i know we joked about netflix um uh dropping things quickly but uh no no it, it's very well done you can have subtitles you can have dub i watched in sub it subtitled but, like a normal human being good, but good. i believe it i believe it's <laughs> subbed as well i'd rather do subtitles because some of the dubbing just really bothers me when it's really there's only really one out. thing that you should watch dubbed, and that is Godzilla movies. <laughs> I'd say Cowboy Bebop. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. A, couple of, a couple of anime, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say All Dragon right, Ball, no. just because the, um, of, yeah. the Japanese voices are really, really irritating. <laughs> but that's that's only because we grew up with with the uh, Funimation dubs, though, didn't And the ocean dubs. Yeah, that's probably... I think if I grew probably. up watching it subbed, then, yeah. It's just that in the Japanese version of like Dragon Ball and some of the other anime is that when they're acting, they're pretty much screaming at the microphone. <laughs> they're just screaming yeah. everything. You're like, fucking <laughs> calm down. Just trying, uh. to, trying to chill, eat some cereal on a Saturday morning and watch this. Fucking <laughs> chill out. <laughs> they're just like, rah, 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 just everything. Just mad capsule markets <laughs> in anime form. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, Sweet Home, Webtoon made into uh, live action. Yeah. Decent. Nice. And yeah, w- one of the reasons I put forward this topic really <laughs> this next one as i said well as i said with the other one this is the last of my four each being a separate original source type this one's a manga it's different enough i'd say because it's, it's it's not comic it's not manhwa it's it's it, it is it's a manga so this one mm-hmm. is alice in borderland oh yeah you were telling me about this yeah this, this, this i'm so excited <laughs> to watch it okay so it's quite. It's it's basically a genre now with that comes out of Japan really, like the death game, the death game sort of genre. You know, like uh, so people put put in a room. There's some mini game or some weird, bizarre puzzle they have to solve, or they'll die. Right? Yeah, yeah, I get this, you. This is that. So basically, okay. our our our, ma- our main boy Ryohei Arisu, he is Alice. <laughs> he is our titular. He is our titled Alice. Uh, Ryohei Arisu. He's this video game obsessed otaku nerd type insert insert reader type thing. You can tell he was the sort of the insert character. Mm. So him and his two yeah. friends suddenly wake up in an empty Tokyo. Tokyo is abandoned and all of the power's out. And then a light appears in one building in the distance. They walk up to it and find out they're in a death game. A, a so the series it, the, the series goes that they are in a world that they have to play and win these death games to not die right 
they get a certain right. every time they win a game depending on the difficulty of the the game they get a number of days added to continue to live <laughs> okay and that's all but uh, <laughs> it's one of those ones where it's it's it, it it is a death game but it's also how they do it sort of thing they do it based on playing cards so you know like clubs hearts spades diamonds type thing yeah yeah and the difficulty is how high the number is so one one to ten uh one being the easiest get type ten being the hardest and the suits tell you what type of death game it is so clubs is cooperative games hearts involves a sacrifice spades is physical and diamonds is uh intelligence so you go into the game knowing what sort of game it's going to be but you can't leave as soon as you go in if you try to leave it a laser comes from the sky and kills you so it's not deal or no deal then no (laughs) no (laughs) so basically our boy Ryohei Arisu is trying to play these games, stay alive long enough to find out, all right, why am I in an empty Tokyo? How do I escape? And can I even escape? While also having to rely on the fact that, yeah, if he runs out of days, the same laser from the sky will shoot him and kill him. (laughs) That sounds just tense. Yeah. (laughs) The foreboding. I can't handle it. I'm so excited to watch it. (laughs) Because uh, it's, it's directed by Shin, Shinsuke Sato, who directed um, I Am a Hero, which is another great adaptation of a manga. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, no, it's 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 very faithful to the manga because this is one uh, one of the ones I actually have read. Uh, one of the games is different. Uh, the Death Games is different, but to be fair to it, if they did it in the man, if they did the manga version, it would be very boring live action because it's more picking cards and guessing the correct card sort of thing. So they change it mm-hmm. to a more interesting Death Game. Uh, uh, a version of Tag, I believe. <laughs> I hope you don't mind spoilers for the general theme of that death game. <laughs> tag with bombs and lasers. <laughs> kind of. But no, it, it's it's also, I like the way that, because it's a sort of an isekai type thing, uh, isekai being sort of the Japanese term for the in another world, sort of the genre mm-hmm. where your main character gets transported to a different world sort of thing. And I also like that because of that, it's also named after one of the original ones from the Western society, like Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun, it's a fun little thing, like also spotting names. I mentioned earlier how Ryohei Arisu is the main character and is also literally Arisu. He's Alice. Um, Mm -hmm. the other main character who gets introduced a bit later, uh, is Usagi. Oh, what? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, is, is that rabbit? Like it's it's rabbit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Japanese word for rabbit. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, so, and there are... so it's called Alice in Borderlands, and and it's not really got much to do with Alice in Wonderland, except for the some of the characters are certainly named after them. Is that yeah? Is that what you're saying? And oh, okay. and I mean, kind of the idea of they're in another world. I think yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And another so world like slightly different to ours. Yeah. A little bit of a nod to it. Yeah. So it's more of a That's nod right. to it and using it as a frame, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds terrific. But yeah, it's, it so eventually cool. evolves into the point where you find out there are lots of other people. People have done the usual thing of weird apocalypse type situations where they've made teams and factions and all that stuff. But our poor, our yeah. poor main character has to try to drag his friends who have also appeared into the world through these death games and while also trying to not only survive, but see if they can get out. <laughs> yeah. Decent. Uh, that is getting a second season, but it is it is a manga if you can't wait. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, so that's my that's my manga one actually. Yeah. 
Uh, the fifth one, I dragged my head around because I didn't want to have a different... I wanted a different sort of original source, but I ended up being one that's more of a, an amusing one to annoy Troy with. Cause, well, not annoy Troy with, because it's like, what was it? In the past, I forced Food Wars on you at one point, didn't I? Oh, Food Wars <laughs> is so good. For similar reasons that Kake, Kakiguri, my next choice, is amusing in horrible ways. <laughs> All right. Kakiguri, compulsive gambler, is the <laughs> Japanese manga. And mm-hmm. Kakiguri is also an anime. And, and that's on Netflix. And that's it? on Netflix. But also on yeah. Netflix is the live action TV series version. Oh, goodness. And it's, oh, okay. Is it mental? <laughs> it's mad. Okay. So the okay. setting is a, as with so many of these settings of these mangas, is a private high school academy. Ha- of course. Housing the children of Japan's most wealthy and influential people. many Mm -hmm. of them going on to be this it's that sort of thing it's like these are the cream of the crop rich wealthy bastard kids who are probably going to end up being government ministers yeah yeah so not an excuse just to have them wearing school uniforms then (laughs) no 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 this is serious this is serious (laughs) (laughs) so the students are ranked by their monetary contributions to the student council so you pay your dues to student council and your ranking within the school is based upon that, which has now fueled gambling. <laughs> you can win popularity, you can earn your prestige and connections through gambling. And th- so the school now has rules on ga- gambling, which allow you to, yeah, no, just earn money by gambling with other students and you can challenge other students to gambles and things. Now, if that wasn't weird enough, there's also the idea that if you lose or fall into debt, you become a house pet. Or slaves to the whims of the other students, where you oh, get where you get called doggy or kitty, depending on your gender. You have to wear <laughs> a tag around your neck, and okay. if if you end your school year without having bought yourself out of debt, your life is then completely decided by the student council. Oh shit! They get to choose who you marry. They get to choose your job, and you get a oh, fuck. what is called a life schedule. So it gets laid out for you what the rest of your life is going to be. So the, basically it ends wow. up being like, you're going to marry the Minister of Energy, and that allows us and our parents and us in future to be able to manipulate you and that minister sort of thing. <laughs> well, this is some weird wow. fucking like Japanese version of some Harry Potter shit or something. Yeah, yeah, but it's gambling. <laughs> they set their yeah. gambling. And, but, their, oh. but their power is uh, debilitating <laughs> addiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So... <laughs> And they turn into Dobby, the house elf, and have to wear a collar. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Yeah, no, so it's quite funny as well. Because, well it's, it's Kakiguri is sort of, well, as I said, the, the subtitle for it is Compulsive Gambler, because that's kind of what the word means. But the, the word more means sort of gambling maniac or sort of, a, it's, a, it's a crazy person obsessed with gambling, right? Yeah. Because mm. that's our main character, Yukimeno Jamani. Yeah? So she's a transfer student. And she does not give a shit about money. She just loves, and I mean loves in a very anime way, gambling. Win or lose. And it's how that she wrecks the system by going in there, not giving a shit about whether she wins or lose, just loving the gambling. Uh. (laughs) And the reason I bring up Food Wars earlier, because she loves it in the way that that. She gets very excited about gambling. Oh, oh, so... uh clothes fly off no 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 they, they don't quite fly off <laughs> oh, okay. but she starts she, she gets very excited and her eyes start glowing right. red and certain yeah it, it, it's implied that she's very happy 
about gambling. Right. <laughs> typical graphic Japanese. Amazing. Entertainment. I've got to okay. watch that. I literally added it to my Netflix list like last week, I think. And so I need to watch that. The, the reason I threw this as well, it's the way it does things. Uh, I know we've just talked about and, and, and shat on, but also liking the idea of how absurd it is. But it's able to do th- silly things like soliloquies. Silo- There's points. Mm. You, you'll have two characters sitting down doing a gambling, like random game. I don't know, like poker. They generally do things a bit differently, but like they'll sit down, and then then you'll have the entire scene pause, and the one ca- one character stands up. The light comes on him, and he's like, and he'll just talk how what he's going through, or how his I thought process is, or it's like if a character is cheating, which does happen. I mean, they're all trying to win. <laughs> as long as you don't get caught, it's fine. They'll it'll stand up and explain why they're cheating, but in that manner, in that sort of soliloquy Shakespearean way where everyone else pauses and they're able to stand up and going, aha, what they don't know is they have cards up my sleeve or some more complicated shit than uh, in the actual show. That's so that's so cool. Like, <laughs> when it's done correctly, like when you see a character like soliloquizing and like yeah. breaking the fourth wall and stuff, like it when it's done correctly, it's so cool. Like I, I love that. I'm yeah, I'm I'm well excited. And what I liked about the adaptation, and one of the reasons it came up when we were talking about adaptations, is because it has moved so well from not only from, from page to anime to then the live action, is that the live action, I, I say it only because, no offense, manga to anime is quite easy. Well, it's not easy, but it, it, it's easier. People know how to do it. Yeah. But the live action does it so well because they just do it anime style. They do not give a shit. <laughs> the main male character, who... There is one. He's like the stand-in for us sort of thing. He's the guy who doesn't really give a shit about gambling. He just wanted to go to a really good school sort of thing and becomes <laughs> friend with this gambling mani- maniac. But it's it's the way that he's standing up going like like the anime style, like, oh my god, just, like, just over the top. <laughs> or it's the way that, as I said, you, you know I said about how you know she's very excited because her eyes glow red? They do yeah. that in the live action. They don't care. Oh, cool. <laughs> they don't care. No. When she gets her gambling face on, her eyes glow red, and she just goes, "Oh yeah, just, 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 just sort of, you know the, you know, I was saying about the over-the-top reaction of being very happy about gambling." <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sort so of they thing. do their, so they do their like exaggerated um, expressions. Yeah, and but they'll the do it in live but... action, and then also do the spec, and they'll do the special effects as well. It's like if oh, someone loses the gambling, they just don't lose and go down. They like collapse onto the chair, dead, and their hair turns white or something. <laughs> That's nice. so <laughs> I'd love to see that actually. And it's, it's in it's live so, action, as that, I said. Is the live action on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. No. Netflix did nice. both the anime and live action, I think basically at the same Smashing. time, which confused the hell out of me. Uh, oh, there's yeah, also yeah. a movie version, oh, but I can't get my hands on that. But I think it might just be the live action because it seems to be the same people involved. And the same actors, right. but yeah, I'd love to see see that because I love the over the top. Nature but it's the way they do the over the top, yeah. and they don't care, and they just do it in live action. And you're like, they yeah. have to be having fun, and yeah. it's the I, game. I have to see it. Yeah, it, it's the same reason as the Alice in Borderlands ones. I love it for the little games they play. It's not just poker; it's mm. choice poker. And <laughs> that's the episode I rewatched this morning just to prepare prepare for this one and make, make sure. <laughs> it is. And and it is. It's about. The main character just wrecking the society that has been built upon gambling and climbing in society on the basis that everyone wants to win. And she's just like, no, 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 no. I really like gambling. (laughs) 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 If I end up as one of these kitten things, that's great. 
<laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's silly things like um, a, a, to go over the rules of the, the the world quickly to explain like one of the daft things. It's if you are a one of these house pets, these slaves, you are able to challenge one of the uh, school council people directly. Yeah, right. So she purposely okay. makes that happen. As soon as she learns <laughs> that right. rule, she's like, "No, that's great." <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I get to challenge the best gamblers if I lose? Why didn't you tell me? That? Yeah, it's just, I oh know, sorry, yeah, it's like, but it's silly things like that. As she doesn't care in an, it's an entire world where everyone's supposed to care about the gambling and their standing in society and how much money they have in this school scenario. And she's just like, no, I love gambling. Overly yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few times I've seen someone just go full ham on making a manga live action. And done yeah. it well, because they just don't care. As I said, the expressions, even adding the special effects just to make it more anime. Yeah. <laughs> just pushing boundaries there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but there's not many that, that have done that, actually. That's another one on my list. Yeah, no. Definitely. It's, yeah, damn right. Oh, it's just so <clears throat> insane. And I apologize, because so many if there is a hell and people watch this show, they're going for it. And I'm going to hell <laughs> because I told everyone to watch it. <laughs> I, warned, I warned you. <laughs> I warned you. Uh, All but, right. Yeah, no, so to as everyone else has summarized, so mine uh The Witcher book, game in most people's minds. Uh short yep. stories goes into novels, uh series and the game and such are brilliant as well. Uh Snowpiercer, all of I think uh, just good because the, the French comic, the Korean directed film and the Netflix TV series seems just to be good and just taking different aspects, just doing well there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet home weird monster thing by a different culture that's not mine that makes it better in my opinion because it's you know it doesn't have the tropes as its own tropes i don't know <laughs> yeah alice in borderland death game manga oh so excited for that and that sounds good uh kakiguri yeah no gambling just over the top manga anime live action live action made as if it might as well be an anime for god's sake <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that one just sounds good just to see how they've translated that but i mean it's to, a, to live action <laughs> actually yeah no just yeah. just to throw some uh, a silly factoid in there, uh about that yeah. one of the weird things is is that japan don't allow gambling yeah a lot oh, of yeah. countries in asia yeah it's like completely illegal isn't it yeah. so the only forms if i remember correctly the only form of gambling in japan is that is allowed is horse racing and that's because the emperor liked it right uh but the other fun one is that the illegal but allowed form of gambling is pachinko because what they do is they allow you to play the pachinko ah. machines you are then able yeah. to trade your ball the little metal balls over for toys and things yeah mm. but then there is a secret <laughs> shop that everyone knows about at the end of the road that will trade your toy for money ah, and then that's the so loopholes and then that shoot <laughs> that shop is presumed but not confirmed because that would be illegal because then it would be gambling yeah. to then pass it on and sell it back to the shop and the loop continues but yeah that's so fun so, it's the same thing as like in thailand as well it's like you can't gamble anywhere but you can only gamble uh on muay thai in muay thai stadiums it's really really interesting oh, yeah. got like gambling laws in asia yeah it's 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 just kind of like you, the government obviously knows they're doing it they're just allowing it because yeah. it's this weird loophole way of doing it but, i mean it's just like, mm-hmm. what but, the fuck? yeah but and this is this is why rather interesting as well i mean because uh that's Alice in Borderlands plays with the cards and the gambling and the death games, and Kakaguri does the gambling and the bad things of gambling. You can tell it's from a society that has a very weird 
well, not a weird, a, a, a different take on gambling than we do because yeah. they don't allow it, have it very more restricted than, say, we do. So, yeah. they, I mean, the main character of Kakaguri is a gambler because, and it's presented as a bad thing, even if she's the main character. Uh, Alice, in, right. Alice in Borderland, the main character is a video game person. And the reason he's the main character and able to be the main character in Alice in Borderland is because he's now put in a video game world, basically. He has to play <laughs> mini games. But it's still presented as sort of just, but he's not right, though. He locked himself in his room all the yeah. time. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But those those are my ones. I, 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 know, I know two of them are very, rather more... One of them's definitely recently more mainstream. Snowpiercer is a rather big one, and but no, there's some other ones. So you're not the only one, Troy, with like sort of mainstreamy ones. <laughs> well, that's all right, then. But yeah, no, cool. those are mine. Nice one. Yeah, um, brilliant. <laughs> if um, <laughs> anybody wants to um, get a list of those i'll put them on our instagram page so go yeah. onto instagram and search what the comics podcast and um i'll, I'll list them all there so that so there's a recap for you um, yeah that's a good idea also yeah. if uh people want a bonus episode where we basically just list rather than like going in depth like we did if we just do like a bonus episode like 30 minutes where we just basically just list a bunch of other really really good ones obviously give them a, a little overview but i think that'd be cool so if anyone wants that, then shout at us. Yeah, generally just uh, tell us what you want us to do. We'll do it. <laughs> uh, within reason. But not like uh, Alice in Borderland. Uh, I will not be playing any death games, thanks. No, no, no we're going to lock games. you in a room, and if you don't get out of the room, it gets gassed. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no gambling weirdness. Uh, death games. But I love gambling. Uh, or <laughs> <laughs> really like it my favorite pastime i bet you do um yeah no but just generally topics if anyone's got any topics they want us to discuss or they want to hear us talk about then let us know um so yeah um that'll do for now and we'll catch you next time take it easy oh yeah see you later guys <laughs> <laughs>